Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast, Film Jerks, is truly one of the most spoiler-filled film podcasts ever recorded. It contains ridiculous opinions, which under no circumstances should be listened to by anyone that has a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset by film spoilers. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person, or parent of a young and impressionable child now listening, that you skip to the end of the podcast for our ratings and live your lives free of disagreeing with overtly opinionated people. You'll live longer. Film Jerks is a group where we, as a community, pick a film to watch, then discuss like little old ladies in a book club. Only our films have decapitations and nude slumber party pillow fights. If you wish to become part of the conversation and become a film jerk, go to the Facebook group and join. Film jerks can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. And welcome to Film Jerks, the podcast where we discuss films like Little Old Ladies in a Book Club, only our movies have oversized sunglasses and death by sexual intercourse. (laughs) (laughs) The movie that we're discussing tonight is, of course, Invasion of the B-Girls. What strange erotic force was taking hold of the women of Peckham, California? What changed them from everyday housewives into ravishingly beautiful women? The Invasion of the B-Girls. However, there are three points of uniformity I would like to bring out. One, all the victims have been men. They've all died, apparently, I'd like to stress the word apparently by overexhaustion in the act of sexual intercourse. Total sexual abstinence. Well, let me tell you something. Me for one ain't going to give up a little pleasure I get from screwing my old lady or anybody else for that matter. Abstinence isn't going to be anything new around here. Well, if I have a positive, it was going to kill you. I'd do it. The United States government sent their top investigator to Peckham to try and stop this sex-driven epidemic. But you were the last person to see him alive on the night he was murdered. All right. You might as well know. We bawled, and we bawled, and we bawled till he dropped dead. Invasion of the B-Girls. Is there a man in your town who can satisfy the B-Girls? Rated R from Sequoia Fiction. 70s cheese with a side of bees. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it's uh, just us jerks tonight. Now you know me, I'm your lipstick jerk, Angelique. And with us as always is our bow tie jerk, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. 
I talked about the Mexican Mexican Coke already, so I was happy about that. Yes, yes. How did you enjoy the Mexican Coke? It was smooth. It was very <laughs> exhilarating. Smooth. It, it it made me a little jumpy. I I cannot lie. It made me a little jumpy. <laughs> Are we talking the glass bottle Coca Cola yes. with the actual yes. real sugar, not uh, high fructose corn syrup? And a taco because I love tacos. Ole. <laughs> Ole. <laughs> Oh, and we have with us our music jerk, Kevin. How are you, sir? Great. How are you guys? I'm all abuzz about this movie. <laughs> Since you picked the movie. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. <laughs> Since you picked the movie, can you describe the movie to us? Uh, well, in a small town in California, men are dying of overexertion during coitus. And they don't know why until they stumble upon a secret laboratory filled with bees despite the efforts of the military to quarantine the town uh it takes one awesome detective to shut the whole hive down invasion of the bee girls if you don't know or you can't find invasion of the bee girls uh, you can also find it in the uk called (laughs) graveyard tramps (laughs) which makes no sense but they could have called them murderous tramps or something um for true head scratcher, though, there is a Blu-ray release of this. <laughs> Lovely. I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> or might not be able to be found on YouTube in full. Yes. Uh, actually, I, I, I know that it is there, but I did find it on Amazon Prime under the name of uh, the Graveyard Tramps. So I did get to watch. Graveyard Tramps. Graveyard Tramps, yep. So if you have a Prime account, you can watch a Prime movie. <laughs> so it's great, eh, honey, you guys? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, let's start out by, by getting our initial impressions of this film. So uh, why don't we kick off with our, our uh, music jerk? Well, I'm, the first thing that I want to get into is when I was looking, looking for a copy of this to watch this week, I decided to check trusty old Netflix first. Netflix does not have it. It did trigger one of those Netflix-related titles searches, which brought up such results as Zach and Mary make a porno, (laughs) Mean Girls, White Chicks, and last month's film, The Scribbler. No way. Could not make it up if I wanted to. I blame uh, uh, Sasha Gray for that. I I do. Yeah, those uh, those were four out of I think about a dozen films that it listed. But uh, I mean, I I guess I can see a correlation between Zach and Mary, maybe. <laughs> mean Girls, White Chicks, and The Scribbler <laughs> were other Netflix-related titles to uh, Invasion of the Bee Girls. My initial impressions on this, and I said it earlier, it's honestly it is '70s grindhouse cheese with a side of bees. Um, <laughs> this. <laughs> This movie, from the get-go, you, you basically you haven't even been established into what is going on in here. And I think within those first three minutes, we've got our first kill already. And it's playing into that classic horror trope of sex equals death. Normally, we see it a lot more with the slasher genre. But in this one, it's right up front. There is no denying that it is at the forefront of the story. Yeah, I mean, just 
some of the uh, the opening stuff with the bad cops and the Grabowskis. I mean, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like I spend I spend most of this movie laughing. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a twist on the whole sex equals death thing. You know, instead of some male angry psychopath slash supernatural being cutting down kids in their prime trying to get a little nookie. It's the ladies that are causing the problem. Cutting down middle-aged men who are well past their prime. I thought I thought the the men were were humorous. They 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 were all geeky and and but they felt like they were like all players because they were like yeah you know kind of kind of taking notes from from each other and and I don't know it was just a weird movie for me and and uh, right off the bat it it was it set the tone with that that theme that theme that just drove me nuts throughout the whole thing because I couldn't help but go la 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 <laughs> throughout the entire movie from that point. <laughs> it, it, it almost felt like, oh, this is the this is kind of something that you're going to do mystery science, you know, theater 3000 to. And, it, and then it was like, oh, wait, that, that theme song has a la 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 too. But- I honestly, I, I would be remiss to say that I wasn't feeling like I was uh, being subjected to uh, yeah. some satellite of love style uh uh, experimentation with this one it, it really did it was softcore porn with like very little romance and it was just like oh come on well maybe i guess soft porn porn doesn't have much romance i'm trying to pretend that i don't watch a lot of softcore porn that i don't know <laughs> it's okay if you you know it's not your fault if you lift cinemax on okay just yes starts playing after 9 30 split screen <laughs> <laughs> Oh, seriously, I, I, as I was watching the film, I was trying to find like that deeper meaning in the story. Like there are a few scenes that kind of hint at, oh, this is about women empowerment. But when you, when you watch Wonder Woman and then you come to this, it's like, no, (laughs) no, this is not women empowerment. (laughs) I heard they're going to remake this with Gal. (laughs) Oh no. Oh God. (laughs) Behind the giant sunglasses. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what do you think, Angelique, about this film in regards to a message of women empowerment? It kind of straddles that line between satire and they were really trying to say something. It's it's nowhere. The script is nowhere near serious enough. Mm. I guess is the best word to really think that they were trying to you know bring home a message like hey women desire sex and want pleasure too you know but that meeting that they had with all the men about venereal disease that was hilarious to me because all these dudes are like it's not me it's them it's those girls that are doing it you know (laughs) (laughs) oh oh yeah you you can't stop me from having sex with my old lady (laughs) like right well, yeah, actually, we can, sir. That's laws against that sort of thing. <laughs> well, we can't, but your old lady can, and she already seems to sort of have taken our side on this. So uh, it it honestly, it reminds me of uh, these interviews sometimes with cult filmmakers, and they try to, like, impart this deeper meaning into something, and you're like, I was meant to be that way. I don't think you translated it quite properly. 
this honestly, it was good intentioned, but it has that feeling like it was filtered through the Lloyd Kaufman or Ed Wood kind of school. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of uh, there's a scene in Brutal Massacre where mm-hmm. they're talking to Harry Penderecki about uh, about his past films that he's made. And uh, they get around to they're like, what can you tell us about your film Sasquatch at the mall? And he's like, people don't know, but that was based around the Beatles Abbey Road record. <laughs> what okay <laughs> and that's kind of, that's kind of like i feel like if this was supposed to be a female empowerment it been twisted through one of those weird filters oh. where it, it just doesn't come across that way to me <laughs> there, there's just too many scenes that contradict that message i think and like the full screen well, i think i think yes full screen butts a lot of full screen boobs yeah, and, and just like it's like, oh, hey, we we're two characters who just walked into this room, and I'm taking my shirt off now. I expected that scene from <laughs> Orgasmo where they smack their asses as they came in. It's like stunt cock. <laughs> so let's talk about the three. Uh, well, I thought were the three major characters. We've got Neil who is our secret agent investigating the death of uh, Grabowski, one of the doctors. Then we have uh, the supposed uh, antagonist, which is Dr. Susan Harris. And then we have uh, another character called uh, Julie Zorn, who I am assuming is supposed to be the love interest of Neil, but also does have some significance to the, to the film as well. So uh, she does kind of move the story along. So let's start out by discussing what our thoughts are on the Neil character who is played by William Smith. It, uh, so the Neil character is kind of, I don't know, I guess it kind of, for me, it fell into very much that like seventies cop show kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um the, you know, the ruggedly handsome detective who's on the case of, you know, these unsolved murders. It, to me, it felt over-characterized. And maybe it's just because I've watched a lot of the stuff from the same period of time. So there's nothing really that stands out to me about the character other than you kind of get the... He's, he's quick to throw down in a fight when he needs to and uh, is willing to rough up someone for information. And it's, it's just 70s cop stuff. Gotcha. He wanted to be Dirty Harry so bad. You know, the, like Kevin said, he's just that one note kind of, you know, oh, you're going to give me the information. And then he punches something. Be it a person, the car, a wall, you know, whatever just happens to be there. A coat rack full of S&M paraphernalia. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on to the uh, antagonist who is uh, played by Anitra Ford. uh, And her character's name is Dr. Susan Harris. She's this brilliant scientist who is, along with another colleague, this kind of studying bees. And through that, she discovers a way to basically turn humans or human females into queen bees. We kind of later find out that that process actually makes them sterile. So as they're trying to mate, like queen bees are supposedly supposed to do, all they were doing was they ended up just killing people, killing people, killing people with no way of actually doing the end result of what they wanted to do. So what do you think about 
uh, Miss Harris or Dr. Harris. I'm sorry. She's got a PhD. Ice queen. Oh, Ice queen. She was just so like, no, I'm not answering your questions behind my dark sunglasses. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was just so cold, man. She she knew what she was doing and she wanted her own colony and nothing was going to stop her. The Her and the pseudoscience that they try to use to uh... – kind of explain away her processes still has me scratching my head a little bit <laughs> because I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they were going for when they were doing I, I mean I get the whole fact that like the uh the life cycle of the queen bee hmm. with you know going into the the pupa stage and coming back out and whatever but like did they honestly coat somebody in marshmallow fluff yes that yes. they could be eaten, so that they could be feasted on by flies and then reemerge as some sort of new, highly powerful bee queen. I mean, it, it kind of looked like uh, you know, it's supposedly if you cover the individual with it, you come out as a as a brand new, different woman. I suppose. <laughs> God, that sounds really bad. I'm gonna plead the fifth on my use of marshmallow fluff. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know. That could be part of the pseudoscience. It could be. It could be. Back in the seventies, it was like you know, even even like even the sixties, they were like everything changes with radiation. You can use radiation to to turn you into a superhero, but in reality, you probably just get cancer. And now I want to think about the marshmallow fluff as being the the cause of sterility, and I'm I am not going to use marshmallow fluff on my. Uh, sweet potato anymore I'm, I, I'm pulling all of my money out of the marshmallow st uh, fluff stock i don't use that much marshmallow fluff dude <laughs> <laughs> wow it tanks because paul decides he's not going to use marshmallow fluff anymore <laughs> whoa we, <laughs> we were coning on you man we were coning on you <laughs> the bells are ringing <laughs> we got a drop in fluff, sir. Who knew that fluff was traded so heavily? <laughs> Nothing but regular old marshmallows from here on out. <laughs> and on that note, let's talk about Julie Zorn, the uh, the laboratory's head librarian. And uh, Neil basically runs into Julie in his in the course of his investigation. At first, they, of course, start out kind of not being friendly toward each other. And by the end, you get the expected uh, relationship from this type of movie. So she uh, she comes off trying to be the badass. It's it honestly kind of takes me back a little bit to Stanley in The Rock, mm. where like it's a it's a character type to ascend to this level of badassery. And because of the type of character it is, it, it's kind of missing the mark and kind of putting the uh, the lead into more peril mm. than uh, than maybe, uh, you know, actually adjusting for good. I'm, I'm just thinking back on the scene when uh, she's going back to the car only to get assaulted by yep. the three guys in the alley and then has to basically get her fat pulled out of the fire by our uh, main character, Neil. So it's it's kind of one of those weird juxtapositions of like, oh, she's the librarian, but she's also like trying to play, you know, Scooby-Doo detective, yeah. you know, and trying to solve this case. She was onto the plot quicker than than you would expect a character like that. 
you know, she was just a librarian, but she had the whole thing figured out, watching the videos of the black widows and the bees with Neil, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, she was a smart one. And that was cool, especially in this kind of movie when the chicks really are nothing but boobs and a butt and weird black bee eyes. People that talk about that whole empowerment type uh, message, if there is one, they, they look to this character because of that. It's like she's she's the one that uh, really is figuring out everything. But then, like Kevin says, she has that one scene which kind of throws it all out the window, which is like, oh, she had to be saved by the guy. What are they trying to do in this movie? Are they are they just following through this plot line of of you know, hey, this will be an interesting scene. This will be an interesting scene. And we should get the audience all excited by showing them a little bit of boob, a little bit of butt, uh, some guy's butt here. And hey, let's let's also throw in some sexual paraphernalia, some gay lovers. I mean, so, you know, they, they threw in a lot of different sexual things in here. Well, let's talk about this. What, what were your thoughts of when he discovers the kind of sexual dungeon that one of the characters was having? Well, it was something that, you know, you didn't really see that was that common back then, especially, you know, the the homosexual plot line, you know, the doctor that wouldn't sleep with one of the women getting run down like a dog in the road because he was useless. Um, You know, having an actual husband and their own little uh, Christian Grey pleasure room. (laughs) Yeah. It seemed also kind of fitting that he was the guy just like a few scenes before basically going in front of the town saying we should practice abstinence <laughs> and then he's got this like secret thing going on you know well it wasn't gonna affect him i mean <laughs> oh yeah because yeah he, he wasn't in love with the, any of the b girls but they didn't know it was the b girls at the time so it could have been just a sexually transmitted disease that stops your heart and yeah in a movie like this though where I mean, sex is basically on display almost from, you know, scene one all the way through to the end. I guess it really wasn't all that shocking. It's a little bit of a surprise because it definitely elevates that when it does get revealed. But it's the 70s. We kind of know what we're in for. It's actually it kind of gets brought up pretty early on too. Technically, this sort of plays opposite to what they talk about early on in the film um, where they're talking about how like there's this lack of monogamy going on so like here actually we had a monogamous couple Mm -hmm. they weren't aware of it i i guess it just it kind of plays opposite to a lot of what's going on in the film i i really just wasn't all that surprised i guess to see something like that pop up in a movie like this for the the gross out horror fans they did have a moment of of uh excitement with the death of henry murger (laughs) Great name, right? Was it murder or murder? Because it, it, like, murder. I kept hearing murder. It sounds like murder, but I believe it's murder. And I, but they do a lot of that throughout this entire film. If you listen to it, it's it, they they talk about like all these sexual innuendos. It's like, oh, that's that she's got a motor under there, and and they use words like dictate, and you know. <laughs> don't be so rigid they, they have all these little lines in there that are all these kind of like sexual things so it wouldn't surprise me if they were having a little bit of fun with the whole idea of you know henry murder is going to be murdered <laughs> there's there's just something about a doctor murder that makes me think of uh metalocalypse for some oh, reason yeah yeah 
I love it. <laughs> it was sad. It was, was sad. Like, oh, murder. Aww. It kind of comes out of left field, though, because to that point, all of the deaths had been sexually um, Yeah. Yeah. So to all of a sudden, you know, have this character being chased down by this car, you know, and and frankly, just brutally just slammed down to the concrete mm-hmm. and run over and through. It definitely makes you take pause, even in a film that with as much death as this one has. And that, of course, leads to Neil essentially calling home. And saying, uh, I think we need to have some kind of military quarantine of the area because we really don't know what's going on. We've got we've got multiple deaths here. Let's just coordinate off, get the military out here, because uh, in every type of movie like this, whenever the military gets involved, everything gets solved. Right. <laughs> right. Well, well, of course, nothing, nothing ever gets worse when the military gets involved. <laughs> Nuclear bombs don't occasionally get dropped on small towns where, uh, you know, the outbreak problem has already been solved or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. But it, it didn't it to me, it didn't seem like they were actually quarantined the town. They were just quarantining that one Brant research facility or did did you get that impression or did they actually quarantine the town? It just seemed like a small section. And of course, the military seemed very inept because we had our, our guys going right through through them like a, a sieve. It uh it definitely felt like it was like it was the building. And that kind of that kind of gets addressed in that scene in the cafeteria later on in the film, where all of a sudden the the question comes up like, where is everybody? Oh, yeah. they're hiding. They're hiding in their rooms. Blah blah blah. <laughs> One guy that ventures out of his room winds up dying at the hands of the bee girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it. I don't know. It. It honestly felt like it was one of those things where either we get that impression because of uh, limited uh, locations mm-hmm. for the film, or it truly was just that they're like, oh. Everyone that's died so far has been related to this business. So you're all getting locked in until we figure this out. (laughs) So, yeah. Why nobody was asking the ladies why they're wearing these sunglasses during the daytime inside. (laughs) Come on. And did they did they even need them? Because it only seemed like the eyes would do the weird blackout thing like after they had sex. But it didn't matter because they, you, they, like, before they would pull off their glasses, you would hear that little bee thing going, you know, the like, yeah, it was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, other than the fact that it was, it was kind of just sloppy storytelling. I think the glasses were just there to, to kind of add this air of mystery, and they were fashionable glasses. So maybe, maybe people didn't think anything twice of them, or maybe that was the point like nobody is going to look at their face everyone's looking at their bodies uh so you know i imdv trivia section talks about uh one of the three trivia things that pops up is the fact that there are no there are no female uh there are no b girls that had b-sized cups and i thought that's an interesting thing to put in trivia because <laughs> obviously they were they were focused on the body and not not about the the content of the film but and then I go and bring it up in a podcast so I'm just as guilty right 
I, I thought that comment was bizarre as well. I don't know why would somebody somebody would sit there and watch movies for okay, that's a C cup, that's a double D, uh, that's an A. I don't know. Where, there's no B. <laughs> just the outrage of the person who's sitting there watching for it. Maybe they were just mistaken about the title. Oh, there we go. That's what they thought B girls meant. Mm-hmm. No bees. So it, it plays <laughs> right. It plays right up there along with. There's a line in there. I'd be in the uh, the town hall meeting where it, uh, someone says they're dropping like flies, and like my brain immediately goes, they're dropping their flies. <laughs> <laughs> the odd thing was that Neil, the genius that he is. He uses that comment as as the as the you know the the light bulb epiphany moment was like I remember hearing that they were dropping like flies and somehow that made me associate to bees which which solves the problem what There's, it's like Homer Simpson logic basically <laughs> flies fly therefore bees <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh. And the dogs with the bees in their mouth and the bees fly out when they bark. <laughs> by, by the way, they missed a musical cue in here, too, because uh, when they're going through the uh, when they're going through the science films about the uh, about the mating rituals of bees and other insects, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself and like it's getting juxtaposed, uh, it's getting juxtaposed against the uh, the sex scene that's setting up with uh with the doctors mm -hmm. and all i'm thinking is like because there's music playing in the back of that scene and i'm like it would be kind of hilarious if it had been flight of the bumblebee it's missed opportunity because i'm pretty sure that's probably license free at the at, at the time i think it yeah because yeah it's it's considered class i mean they they use a classical song at the end you know from the the 2001 Space Odyssey. Right. Uh, the spoke uh, Zarthustra, I think, is the title. Yes. Of that. And so, I mean, they, yeah, they could have easily have done something like that in, instead of the la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm never going to get that out of my head. It's going to take like weeks of of marshmallow fluff skin conditioning to to get me to forget that. <laughs> I'm serious. To get to get the la, 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 la's out. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm traumatized. This movie has made me. Oh, I traumatized my fiance with this movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, see, she 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 did this intentionally. <laughs> I did totally thought it thought it through. La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we can still keep talking about it means that it did its purpose. I mean, it 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 sticks in your brain. It's like it's like a bee sting, you know. It. it walks in there and it stays in with you and then the rest of the movie dies at least the men didn't die the way male bees die yes i mean if anybody's wanting to do a remake there's your hook <laughs> it ain't cardiac arrest to kill <laughs> <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> if they did a remake of this film how do you envision that obviously angelique do you want to elaborate more on a on a on a remade film of this <laughs> I mean, it would have like have to involve like the Africanized killer bees, and you know not not radiation so much as like a homeopathic beauty thing, you know, oh. or or like you know, uh, experimenting on a female Viagra or something like that. That would be interesting. Yeah, nobody steal this idea. Mine. Yes. 
She, she copy wrote it. She copy wrote it right, right now. Copy yeah. written. Yep. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> I just, I feel like, you know, for as, as ham handed as some of the pseudoscience in this feels, I honestly see this as being one of those things that if Hollywood were to decide to remake it now, I think it honestly could take a turn for the worse. And I, I, I honestly, I feel like, you know, the gratuitous frontal nudity and stuff like that that's in here i just honestly feel like if it was to be remade now it'd be like some weird like dumbed down thing with like where like it would be assumed that there's you know sexy things going on but you wouldn't actually really get much probably out of it just due to the way that ratings boards and all that junk wind up working yeah i just i i kind of feel like with unfortunately with a lot of horror remakes sometimes you're just better left served with what was put out there in the first place and just don't you don't go back to the well again for for me, I I would agree with both of you, and and I would take little bits of uh, bits and pieces. Uh, I would change up the radiation as being the cause. I would use the stem cell research, which is big right now, and kind of use that as the mechanism of transforming people, where they are able to manipulate the uh, stem cells. So it so it uh, instead of just copying the cells around it, it actually injects the B type DNA into it, injecting their BNA. DNA. <laughs> oh, and I, I do think that the modern message would be a lot different. I don't think everyone. I don't think as 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 many people are concerned about dying from sex uh, now. I think it would be more. It would be more of the. It, it could be more of the empowerment, but it could also uh, be a lot of other um, like social political messages that this this film never was about but people are going to try to make because it's like, oh, now's the time to, to do this. We have this, this kind of uh, weird storyline that will allow us to insert any message that we want, and so let's do it. The be-all, end-all of movies. So Emphasis on the B. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, like, my last thought on it is the final scene in the film yeah. Where like we're now wrapped up and of seeing like how life is gonna go on for our main characters, but yet our uh, our librarian was in the middle of that whole weird transformation ritual thing, mm-hmm. which I th- I'm thinking to myself is like the credits are rolling on this. I'm like it would honestly have been a better like for me it would have been a more satisfying ending. If at the end, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, caught me by surprise, and, like, they start to roll around on the bed and whatever, and all of a sudden, we hear that buzz, and then cut to credits. Like, to me, that would be, that's just way more satisfying. And, like, I think it's just a fun little hook that could have been in there that, you know, unfortunately, it just wasn't. Yeah. I kept waiting, because, like, you know, we're spoiled now with the, the scene after the credits roll. You know, I watched it until the screen went black, waiting for it to cut back and not be her, but be him with the black eyes, because that would be just the ultimate, since he interrupted the whole, you know, radiation thing or whatever, maybe it accidentally got him. That That's what I was waiting for. I was like, oh, it's going to be him. But no, it just ended on the stupid flower but uh let's talk about that last scene where where she basically like throws her on the bed 
<laughs> what was with that? There's like zero romance there. But hang on, though, because the setup to that is is she's talking about how she wants to take these judo classes so she never gets caught off guard again. Yeah. Which harkens back to the scene that we were talking about before yeah. where she gets attacked in the alley. But then, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to take those judo classes and whatever. And, like, she's so off in her own world thinking about this that he's easily just able to grab her and just throw her on the bed. And she's like, you caught me off guard. And it's like, if that's all it takes. I know. Uh, well, the, the modern the modern movie of that would have her like flinging him off of the balcony and him going to his death. and <laughs> Or possibly parkouring his way back up to the. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. That could happen, too. Angelique, I believe that you have a fun little discussion game for us to do. Yes. We're going to play hash pipe in which we uh, create some hashtags uh, about the movie. Um, let's start with Kevin. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off the uh, uh, monogamy ain't a type of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag monogamy, not a type of wood. Not a type of wood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you have one? Oh, boy. Uh, hashtag uh, for, for Susan Harris. Hashtag Ice Queen. I know we talked about it, but it really does describe her. <laughs> Brilliant, but still Ice Queen. Nice. Uh, Ice Queen B. Ice Queen B. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds like a new Ben and Jerry's type of flavor. It does. Like, like almond honey ice cream with a swirl of some, I don't know. I want some ice cream now. Marshmallow fluff. Marshmallow fluff. Yes. <laughs> Dear Ben and Cherry. Kevin, you're going to have to buy stock again. It, no, now I'm buying stock in Ben and Jerry's. I think. <laughs> Hashtag buzz, buzz, boob. Buzz, buzz, boob. <laughs> Love it. First kill a roll in the hay. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag a roll in the hay. <laughs> oh, uh. Hashtag to be or not to be. <laughs> oh. And only because I love I love this word. I, I don't actually know what it means. I kind of got the context of it, but hashtag thrombosis. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag that ain't a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag military sieve. <laughs> um, how about hashtag give them the O face? Did anyone else pick up on that? That like every time that they would show one of the corpses? <laughs> yes. To have that like that glassed over eye with like the the the, the parted lips and the making the old face. <laughs> well, they had to show they had to show uh, this level of excitement that you you know they couldn't do <laughs> otherwise. You know, uh, imagine him having like a smiley or a, a frowny face. You know, mm. there's see, but I feel like maybe there was one. He's just like I'm not impressed. <laughs> he died he died unimpressed <laughs> <laughs> oh. hmm. 
that that would have been sad for the for the 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 uh, I want to call it Queen Bee, but it, it's uh, the Bee Girl. That would have been really bad. It was like, aw, I didn't get an old phase. Yeah, but then it would just been more motivation to keep trying, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, because I don't think they stop until you know. Until, until they until they mate, yeah. And but they right. but th- th- somehow they didn't realize, you know, hashtag not understanding yourself was the fact that they didn't understand that they were sterile from their hashtag marshmallow cream. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag bad science. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> hashtag horny nerds. That was like worse than like Gen Con. And for those of you not in, in into role playing, Gen Con is the big convention. <laughs> it, and and if it wasn't like, and if it wasn't the nerds, it was like rejects from Hazard County. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like you had you had the two groups, and they're very polar opposite from one another. But like that's all that you had for choices in that town. <laughs> yes. But it, honestly, do they do they seem like uh, Californians to you? Any of them? I, they didn't no. feel like. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> that honestly, that felt like either like Southern or small town Midwestern. Yeah, they were not. They weren't from California. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag radiation detector. What was the freaking point of that? <laughs> I know they were supposed to like determine. You know. All they had to do was look for the sunglasses, like Angelique had said earlier. They didn't need no radiation detector. Hashtag, we like the clicky noise. <laughs> click, click, click. Oh, mo- modern version would have an app. <laughs> Beefinder.com. <laughs> or, or some sort of fidget spinner. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. No. That's, that's what causes the transformation. The fidget, the fidget spinners come spinner. from space. Yeah. It's a fidget spinner full of marshmallow fluff. Oh. By stock in the house. <laughs> marshmallow fluff would stop me from <laughs> So, do you think we have enough hashes? I think I was going to ask if anybody had any more. Can we ever have enough hashes? <laughs> But I do have to admit, there were some amazing, amazing actresses. Um, I mean, they, given what they had to work with, I thought they did a really good job. I really did like uh, Anitra Ford. I thought she did a really good job. So hashtag great, great villain. So, um, but I, I did not like Julie. So hashtag Julie, go get judo lessons. <laughs> judo Judy. Judo Judy hashtag. Yes. perfect (laughs) and that brings us to our next discussion game what is our music jerk uh brought to the table all right tonight we are going to play slogan shogun and i said it correctly the first time around (laughs) um slogan shogun is to come up with a slogan that best describes the film so Paul, I'm going to throw this one over to you, and I'm going to let you take the first stab at it. All right. Uh, a, a good slogan for this film would be um, uh, sex will lead to your death, but it's so worth it. You better beware. <laughs> yes. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it buzz, buzz? I don't know. 
<laughs> oh, I like that. They've got Betty Davis eyes for you. <laughs> eyes and eyes and eyes and eyes and eyes and eyes. <laughs> oh, I got another one. Invasion of the Bee Girls. In the UK, they're just graveyard tramps. <laughs> <laughs> These tramps will send you to your grave. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to actually kind of dip back on something I brought up earlier, but I'm going to go with they're dropping like flies because they're dropping their flies. Oh, nice. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Invasion of the bee girls because all men are incompetent. (laughs) Because in this film, all men were created equal. (laughs) For better or worse. <laughs> get, get, get. <laughs> get, get, get. <laughs> I'll get you, do boys. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be telling me what I can do with my old lady. <laughs> well, and then they have the they have the union meeting in, in a bar. <laughs> Because nothing screams official union meeting <laughs> like a bar, and they all they all kind of like yeah let's let's drink to this. It's like okay, B girls, good intentions does not necessarily equal good movies. <laughs> you, of course, you realize I'm going to mark this as I loved it. <laughs> I was trying to think of something you. Know, you can't even seduce the sheriff, you know. Was it me or did the sheriff just seem really disinterested? Half of the it, town half of the town was dead and he's just like, oh Yeah. He 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 felt that it was more important to get rid of the FBI guy or the, the, right. the government guy. That was his number one threat. <laughs> well maybe if I get rid of this guy, the deaths will stop happening. Like the FBI guy who showed up to investigate the deaths was the cause behind the deaths. <laughs> Invasion of the Bee Girls. It's all about jurisdiction. <laughs> well, th- th- we're not going to get our family rating on this episode, unfortunately. It's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, honestly, though, that I would want families watching Invasion of the Bee Girls. <laughs> Can you imagine parents having to desc- having to explain the pseudoscience for starters? <laughs> Just the pseudoscience? Just the pseudoscience. Let's take the sex completely out of it. (laughs) Mommy, what are they putting all over her? Marshmallow fluff. Just cover your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I think I got got one last slogan. In this movie, the birds are the bees. Oh, that's so good. Or maybe that was the maybe that was the British uh, the British slogan for the poster. <laughs> I honestly don't know what it is. We should look it up real quick. <laughs> wow, <laughs> they'll love the very life out of your body. <laughs> <laughs> they'll love you to death. <laughs> Another slogan that they have is they'll turn you on from dusk till dawn. And the, the picture that they have for the graveyard tramps is is the like a bunch of scantily clad women in bikinis carrying like instruments of death <laughs> with a skeleton. And so they are in a graveyard. <laughs> which had nothing to do with 
movie. There was one scene with a graveyard, but it was it was. <laughs> okay, but hang on, because that's that's like a lot of that time though, like especially a lot of grindhouse stuff. Yeah, they would give it like a title that had absolutely zero to do with the film, <laughs> like uh, like don't open that window. Yes pretty sure there is one out there called don't open that window and like there's nothing to do with a window anywhere to be seen in the film <laughs> so i i think it was more of like a hey this is a catchy title they'll sell yeah but it's got nothing to do with the shut up you <laughs> <laughs> my movie my title Yes, when you're a producer of a film, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but I heard that this movie somehow made it into the public domain, which is which means that somebody just plucked it from public domain, slapped on a new name and said, "Hey, we own this now." All <laughs> <laughs> well, the things to take possession of. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine now. Are you sure? <laughs> really want this yes because, give it to me oh <laughs> uh, because we know in 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 a few a few decades they're going to be on a show called film jerks <laughs> and they'll talk about it and apparently get a blu-ray release now yes. it should also be noted that cat that Catwoman got a blu-ray release so it's not exactly like we're talking about really uh grandiose company here <laughs> but what I like about these types of movies, though, is that they often package it up with other movies that are similar that you would never really want to buy by themselves. And so it's like, wow, I got a great deal. I can get four to eight movies for the price of this, like, you know, two ninety nine or or, you know, my so my favorites used to be. And I forget the company that used to put them out, but they would bundle together like 50 to 100 Oh. Either like 50 to 100 like horror movies or sci-fi films. It, that's the one, yeah. Yep. And uh, like, and I'm pretty sure they did it with Grindhouse at one point or something mm -hmm. like uh, yeah, something similar. And those were always great because you could get them for like 20 or 30 bucks. So you were paying like a quarter a film. <laughs> How about Neil? He'll punch his way into your heart. <laughs> I feel like that's like one of those things that like would be the overdub caption. Like, this is Neil. He's a detective. He'll punch his way into your heart. <laughs> Rebranded as a romantic comedy. That would be so fun. Hey, if we get the public domain thing, we should just redo the whole thing. Unfortunately, Angelique will probably have to do all the voices of the B-girls because my female voice doesn't sound very good. <clears throat> Hey, it could yeah, but look at it this way. It could be like the uh, the whole Ling thing from uh oh. <laughs> yes. Wee wee wee. <laughs> wee wee wee. <laughs> yes, on film jerks, we uh, we tie back to our older episodes. Yeah. That's called yeah. replayability, folks. Yes. It's not a whole day unless there's a Kung Pao quote in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Silence of the Lambs. Right. <laughs> that sounded like a really weird centaur kind of thing <laughs> that was my fiance imitating betty as she's walking in the room he heard me say come out oh oh there we go <laughs> there i can hear it <laughs> all right uh now it's time to take a small break and when we get back we'll uh give our final ratings 
uh, for the film and our final thoughts about Invasion of the B-Girls. And now we take a short break. Film Jerks. At this time, we're going to go into our rating system. Uh, we have three levels of rating for our films here on Film Jerks. We have Love It. You absolutely loved this film. Uh, you would suggest that everybody that you know go out and see it immediately. We have Maybe <laughs> It's not the worst thing that you've ever seen it's not the best thing you've ever seen if you were in the right mood maybe it's something that you would uh want to watch or might suggest to somebody uh if it fell into you know a genre of interest for them and we have lump it which means get this thing away from me i never want to have to interact with it ever again <laughs> so paul i guess let's start with you uh what rating are you giving Invasion of the B-Girls? I was originally going to give it a, a, a moderate thing, but I think to be truthful to myself, I will have to say I, I do, I'm going to lump this film, unfortunately. I'm sorry, guys. I, I think if I would have watched this in my youth, when I was actually watching Skinamax, I probably would have loved this film, only because it would have been like, oh, yeah, this is, this is kind of a, a different take on things, but... Yeah, so now as me as an adult, I'm numb to a lot of the butt boob thing. So it was just not as capturing, you know? Maybe that's what it was. Angelique, what uh, what rating are you going to give Invasion of the B-Girls? I have to go with maybe. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not it's not a favorite by any means. But I can definitely see, you know, there being a time when I'm like, you know what? I need to watch this. Just, <laughs> maybe even just five minutes of it, just to hear the haunting theme. <gasps> la, 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 la. <laughs> I'm unfortunately I have to go with Paul on this one. Um, I'm also going to lump this one. It was uh, <laughs> this is ninety minutes of my life. I'm not getting back. <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> They're never going to watch the movie again. 
<laughs> oh no! Don't do that. We no, want you to. Uh, we want. We still want you to pick movies. Yes, this is Film Jerks, and in Film Jerks, we do have all sorts of movies. I mean, we we do Jerry Brockheimer films. We do, you know, science fiction movies. We have cult classics. You gotta, you gotta remember though, too, like the theaters that these things were basically, yeah, being created for. And it was a lot of, you know, those grindhouse theaters where it was kind of, you know, a little bit sleazier on the uh, on the content of what they were showing on the screens. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this this absolutely fits the genre, uh, the genre of, you know, grindhouse cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, maybe if that's your bag, it's worth, you know, rolling the dice on this one. But, yeah, I agree with you, too that I think I'm just at a place in my life where it was like, ah, I'm just not feeling affected by it a whole lot. Moving on from our ratings, any final thoughts on Invasion of the B-Girls? I'm going to say just basically reiterate what we have just been saying, that uh, if you like a grindhouse film, this is an exact good example of it. Some of the uh, research that I did for this talk about that. They say that, like a lot of people made the mistake, uh, myself included, of trying to find this this modern day message of of you know significant social and political you know rightness. And this film was created not during that time. It was created during a a time of let's entertain the audience, and that's what they did. Is they created a film that they thought was entertaining and they put in elements of things that they thought was entertaining. And that I thought was probably one of the best descriptions of what, what this film really is about. And uh, so they, they did accomplish that. And, and if you are trying to find the deeper meaning, which is what I usually go for, you probably will be disappointed like me because you'll find it's contradicting the messages. And again, that wasn't their purpose. Their purpose was to entertain and, and just have a movie that people can sit through for 90 minutes and say, I had the emotional roller coaster there. I, I was, I was tantalized. I was, I was somewhat intellectualized. And then I was somewhat, uh, I don't know, objectified as well. I think I would have liked this film a lot more because I, I like the sappy romance things. If, Neil and Julie would have had a much more believable romance. I think I would have liked this film a lot more as, as the adult that I am, even though I still like sappy romances. It was very abrupt, their, their courtship. Yes. But it's a, short, it's a short film, so, I mean... Yeah, it's right around 90 minutes. Yeah. And they had to, they had to cover all these other characters because it's, you know, because the focus was on the B girls. And if they only had one B girl, it wouldn't really be B girls. It would just be the queen B and that would be it. Be like Beyonce. And that's it. Did you really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she is the queen B. Mm-hmm. She, she very much is. There's no Solange, which oh, I believe yes. is uh, her sister that, uh, <laughs> off the charts last year ah and that's why you're the music jerk (laughs) that is why i'm the music jerk yeah (laughs) all right now i think it's angelique's turn um i really have no final thoughts on this one i don't want to waste any more brain energy (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, I didn't hate it. You know, yep. it's it's worth a worth watching, and it does fit into the whole grindhouse box thing because I've got that's how I watched it on the the DVD. It's in mm-hmm. stuff. It's in with stuff like Trip for Teacher and Don't Answer the Phone and that kind of thing. So it's just one of those stupid, you know, here sit here for ninety minutes and look at some boobs. <laughs> And you should definitely bring more of those movies into the thing because we do have to have a mix. And uh, in in case uh, the audience wants to know is what we do is we have a Film Jerks Facebook group. At the beginning of the month, we put out three movies and the group can decide on what of the three movies they want us to discuss. And so basically the community decides what movie uh, we talk about. And if, if anyone wants to be a part of that and kind of shape the direction of the show, they can join the group and essentially vote. The one that everybody wanted most of, we will talk about. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to bring in different things. So we did science fiction, we did comedy, we did Grindhouse. Now we're going to probably do, uh, we actually, we're going to do a kind of a straight up horror next, right? Um. Yeah, it's, if it's the one that I'm thinking wound up winning out. Yeah, it's the, the, ma- the, the mask or the uh, behind the mask behind behind the the yeah yeah so that one uh got the most votes this month and so yeah that's more of a that's more of kind of an under the radar uh twist on the the whole slasher genre which should make for some good discussion for next month i think that that variety is what we really need you know we we want to change up the films and maybe we'll throw in a foreign film or maybe even do some anime just to make it a little bit different, you know? So, uh, and also too, if, if you guys have, uh, as an audience, have suggestions on movies that we should maybe look into, why don't you join the group, write a comment in, or, or you know, send us an um, instant message, and we will try to get that uh, incorporated in the show somehow. And then how about you, Kevin? I guess uh, we should get your final thoughts as well. I, uh, I think we've kind of put it all out on the table with this one. Um, yeah, covered it, it with marshmallow uh, fluff too. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's been rolled in the hay, covered in marshmallow fluff. It's uh, not the bees, no, the bees. <laughs> I had to bring that in. <laughs> that would have been very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I've got nothing more to add on this one. I think we've uh, I think we've done enough for one evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, then in that case, um. And so that brings us to the point where we discuss where you can find us when we're not on Film Jerks. Uh, we'll start out with Kevin. Kevin, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Kevin Blackheart Band. Um, it's my uh, solo blues project that I've been working on. I actually had a show earlier this evening up in Green Bay, um, and I update it occasionally with new music and uh, concert announcements. And how about you, Angelique? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, not that difficult to find. <laughs> you can find me on uh, the family of Astro Radio Z shows. And you can also find some movie reviews by myself and some other cool cats at theloftighway.com. Uh, you can also find my podcast on the Astro Radio Z network. Uh, you can also find my film reviews uh, in more of a blog form on ForsakenFilmReviews.com. And also there is a project which uh, I am going to be a part of is the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival. 
And you can find out more about that at uh, newhorrorfest.com. Again, that's newhorrorfest.com. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Film Jerks podcast, the movie discussion show that looks at movies like Little Old Ladies in a Book Club. At Film Jerks, we may not always be jerks to the movie, but when it comes to discussing films, we don't jerk around. And so from all of us here, la 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 Dun 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 <laughs> <laughs>